And welcome back to the Cairo London podcast. Yep, it's your host here, Craig McLean again. And this week I am talking everything to do with skiing. So tune out now if you hate skiing. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, Warren Smith from the Warren Smith Ski Academy joins me. And I've known him for 20 years. And uh, not only is he uh, a full-on chiropractic advocate, uh, and which he sort of puts Cairo down to helping him out or saving his many ski seasons early on but we also did a fair bit of work together on ski biomechanics to sort of help develop really an understanding as to how the body can work better if in good alignment and good strength and has good range of motion so we talk everything to do with skiing the 2021 ski season what the hell that looks like um, with the challenges of covid uh, ski biomechanics ski technique we go into my new ski equipment for 2021 that hopefully I get to use at some point. But most importantly, we've got some cracking techniques as to how you can survive apres ski hangovers and still turn up for a bluebird powder day. So listen on. It's a fun chat. Bye. Anyway, we should explain who you are to the Cairo London guys who don't know who you are. Warren Smith, you are running the Warren Smith Ski Academy, which is based out of Verbier. And yep. uh, I actually checked, mate, um, back in our appointment book log because I was like, I wonder when we actually met, you know, um, because... 2002? It was, it was hazy. I was like, I can't remember. Because I, I did that ski season just off on my own being a ski bum uh, in 2000, right? Yep. And yep. then I um, carried on working as a Cairo for a bit, maybe went back home to Australia for a bit and then came back. And it was really after that that I obviously um, I met up with you. And you're dead right. 2002, or in fact, the date of your first visit to Putney Chiropractic was the 1st of November 2003. Well, I, I remember it because I was in... I was in quite a lot of pain and I, and, I, and I was getting that you know you know the whole story with the the back but I think you kept me skiing for about four or five years when I'd have been um alternatively on the back on a on an operating table probably with it with a huge hernia as you as you saw um but yeah, yeah. it was it was a massive help actually and I, and I remember I remember the time because um I think we met at the ski show in London yes uh originally and then um and then I came to see you after that but it was uh, yeah um Happy memories, actually, mate. Oh, that 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 click and crack and whatever we we did, we sort of you, you kept me skiing, which is which is the main sort of uh, that was the main main thing, really. It's great. Well, so like people have been trying to get on this thing, or other people that we uh, are trying to do a shameless plug, you know, um, uh, because we kind of figure the 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 way to help people through a global pandemic is to sort of just pay it forward. You know what I mean? Um, and so yeah. we've got obviously a bit of a uh, a group of people that follow us and uh, you know we've been trying to plug all our other local guys you know from pilates to yoga to gyms to all that sort of stuff and so yeah. you know you sort of fall under the category of someone we want to do a shameless plug for but also um someone that actually has been uh, since 2003 a, a sort of a Cairo patient and has seen the benefits um in in many different ways so uh you know, that's, it's going to be cool to sort of evolve this. And so just to sort of summarise what I want to be sort of talking about is I want to have a bit of a quick catch-up with you about what the ski season is going to look like this year. Yeah. Um, secondly, uh, that history of how we, when we did meet in the ski show, how that all evolved with regards to equipment, coaching and body performance, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then we'll go into this development that you've done with ski biomechanics, 
right? Um, and the way that you have sort of developed that around coaching your guys to the best level. Um, and, you know, a little bit more depth about chiropractic, I think. I don't know how much time we've got. Um, but now I also, also wanted to go through um, what other ways you can prepare your body for skiing um, to stay fit and strong. And um, I want to review my new technique for, I'm sorry, my new equipment for this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're on, yeah, you're on fire, aren't you? You've got, yeah. the, you got the goods. It's great. <laughs> well, given the fact that I'm hoping to use it at some point, but let's go back <laughs> to that then. Um, were you involved, did I see, with the old Listex thing, the uh, industry yeah, um, yeah, conference, yeah. online conference? And yeah. I, I bet you, because did you just speak at that on Wednesday or something? Yeah, I, I did a I did a chat with James. I mean, they, those guys are well, well, you know, Ian Martin, obviously, and and James uh, Gabe, uh, Gabriel. That I mean, they're they're sort of geniuses in the whole marketing world and and how to sort of put your your right step forward in the right direction, if you know what I mean. And I I, I just did a chat with them about um, what we had to do as a business, you know, to, to keep engaging and to keep um, I guess offering our services to people that you know they couldn't come out and and try out what we do. Um, but no, I, you know, the funny thing was, I, I logged into the, the Listex thing because I thought I, would, I had to talk at 11. I didn't talk till about 12, 12, 15. Yeah. But I was sort of fascinated. I'd never, I'd never properly sort of listened to it before, but I was, I was, I was quite engrossed in it. It, it, it was, you know, those guys are good. Those, you know, if, if, if anyone needs direction in terms of, you know, where they should be looking at, I think um, Ian and, and James have got a great, uh, you know, really a wealth of knowledge you know well, well give us a bit of a lowdown of what their summary was because i mean the if you look at it from the outside and you, if you get fairly pessimistic about it you can kind of say the ski industry or the tourism ski industry is a bit screwed this year aren't they you know? yeah um, it, it was a, it was about adapting really more than anything it was about the fact that you know th this is obviously a reality now and um moving forwards you know we, we've all got to i think you know try and stay positive and think laterally i think that's the the, the key to it really um you know, and, and and there's, you know, I, I think I was asked by someone yesterday to sort of make comments on the fact that, um, uh, you know, other areas have joined the, 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 you know, the negative side of the cor the air corridor. You know, so, so things are are really tricky now for a lot of um, a lot of areas in 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 skiing. But um, yeah. but it's like anything, you know. I, I speak to Rob and George every, you know, every day about all the bits and bobs going on. We we, we just got to sort of just keep plodding on you know i mean i i've got a feeling that we'll be rewarded in other ways i mean it might be one of those bumper seasons where not me <laughs> we're always complaining when it's a good season like oh my god there's too many people still in those powder lines you know and mm -hmm. uh, it might be one of those seasons like oh my god there's no one here we've got, we got all this we keep we keep getting fresh yeah. tracks every day so you got you got to balance it some in some way you know so um, so currently in the current climate though the and you've adapted obviously not that you adapted because you did this every year anyway the pre-season camps are always done in yeah. italy right um and yeah. currently we can still travel to italy so um or has that yeah. changed that, that changed about sort of six o'clock yesterday unfortunately um <laughs> what? yeah 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 i mean uh, you know I, the thing about it is i, I was reading that skiing you know it, it's a sport that carries a lot of passion so it's not like going to benedorm and sort of lying on the beach and covering yourself in oil every day this is a sport that has so many other agendas for people and i was reading that 75 percent of skiers um are going to go through the quarantine just to make sure that they can ski um so the italian side of things is um you know we've got a lot of people actually coming out in um, in november uh, i mean you know good numbers i mean we're a little bit down on last year but not hugely yeah um and people obviously booked that with an open mind to like you know uh that they had a full 100 uh, percent refund policy so there's no risk you know which is which is cool and airlines are being pretty 
decent with people at the moment. Um, and, and what's now happened is that there is a quarantine now in place if you go to Italy. But a lot of people, because of the way that people are adapting to work and everything else, they are accounting for the, the quarantine uh, yeah. just to make sure they can ski. So, so is, I, is that currently one way where you don't have to do it that way, but you have to I, do it on the way back? That's what I, I mean. God, you yeah. know, things change all the time. And, yeah, and no, you know, even doing with the talk we did yesterday, you know, I still didn't really know the exact facts. You know, I, I heard facts from a journalist and I heard, you know, I read what I read on the government websites and, and everything else, but no one still really absolutely knew what our, what our regs and rules were. Um, mm. But as far as I know, a, a lot of skiers are so, so passionate about skiing, they're going to go through their two-week quarantine. Um, you know, so that, that's a, you know, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting thought. Um, and, and, and it will, I think it will be one of those things. And you know, there's people, um, there's people that are gonna, um, look at the winter season, po possibly do, um, you know, work scenarios where they go out and think, actually, do you know what? I, I've got, a, I've got a laptop. I know what my job is. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to either work at home in London or whatever, or I'm going to kind of, kind of rent a place in Le Charbe or, or somewhere yeah. near Verbier and, make yeah. it affordable and 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 why not you know there, there's a lot of people that are now thinking outside the box um yeah. okay. and, you know, that's, that's, i guess that's what that that talk was the other day it's um mm. uh you know it was all about um how uh how we adapt and and, and it isn't just us as a business actually it's looking at people in general and, and trying to get their take on how is everyone adapting what are the what are everyone's limitations is that Rob making comments on behalf of your uh, academy site? By the way, saying loving oh, the beard, Craig. Is it? Is he? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, he there was a. There was he, wasn't abusing, that, he wasn't abusing me, was he? Oh, no, no, he was, he was uh, loving the new. Uh, Actually, I, I like the beard. Actually, can you go close in on that for a second? Is it? Oh, Man, that, that. That, is, that is full of. That is full of. Uh, a little bit a of hearty, a hearty yeah. beard. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I I sort of caught the beard in Cornwall over the summer when in our staycation, and then it just kind of like got a little bit out of hand. And uh, I think the winter, it's like because I've gone the full upside down too. Ah, you know? gotcha. so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, so yeah. although I'm wearing the Switzerland hat, that's what I was trying to do. Um, yeah, I like uh, it. Like anyway, it. hey, so look, let's go back into that thing with regards to the history of where we met. It was a really cool because um, it really just seemed to come together really nicely where we were looking at. You were trying to. You were sick of people getting to a plateau with their ski technique, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe sick of people having poor equipment. Yeah. Um, and then uh, also sick of people turning up with injuries or some sort of inability to move their body in a certain way. Yeah. And so in that ski show, uh, there was obviously Hamish, um, bless him, um, from Profeet, um, and uh, legend, yourself. The, the and, legend that is that is Hamish, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> Ed Waite, thank you very much. Um, is that Ed, I, I, so Ed Waite, this this guy um, was asking advice about trying to have a big night out and ski uh, fresh uh, fresh powder. Is that the guy? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, quite, I'm I mean, sure. I, he's quite famous, Ed Ed, Ed Waite in in, in <laughs> Verbia. You know, he's got a he's got a bit of a reputation, old Ed. Has he got a cool one named after him yet, or not? Uh, possibly. Possibly. Probably yeah. more like a corner of the Faraday, maybe. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure you've never been known to be out past midnight uh, on I, powder I, I generally, so. I generally, I generally don't know. But, no. I, but I, I, I know those types, those Ed, Ed Waite sort of characters. But, you know, Ed, all, I, all I know about Ed is he, he managed to have his cake and eat it quite a lot of the time. He did very well. <laughs> and so if you did manage to stay out past midnight, what is the strategy for surviving the hangover? 
Well, I, I, I refer to pipe and slippers. I, I always call it the pipe and slippers technique. So I put a pair of slippers right. on yeah. and um, I have my pipe, um, smoke my pipe, get my slippers on and, and I, I get into a very comfortable corner sometimes in the Fahrenheit. And, uh, and, and, you know, I, I think that's where I came across Ed Waite, actually. And, and, and I, I did find the, the pipe and slippers technique always helped. It always, ma- it always made me feel like I was sleeping. Okay. Even if I was out partying and, and, and I felt better the next day for it. So, you know, that's, that's my method anyway. And uh, are you a kind of Baraka sort of a guy or are you just like, a, you know, my body is a temple, uh, I'll have the non-alcoholic beer, thanks? Yeah, well, what I do, also, if I have a, one of those Ed Waite type of nights, I, I, I tend to start meditating. And then um, I'll give ah. myself a good hour of meditation while I'm, while I'm out, you know, clients and partying. And, okay. and I, I go to bed very calm. And even if I get four hours sleep, I, I feel like I've had eight. And, and it's a really good, um, really good method, actually. Ah. And then yeah. all you need as well is the Wim Hof method of uh, jump in the snow <laughs> at uh, 7 a.m. in Starkers. Yeah. And then um, next thing yeah. you know, your body is like completely primed, heart rate yeah. basically at 30 beats a minute, and you're ready to go. Well, that, that's a great idea. I mean, the, 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 there is a lot of methods in the Alps that you can use. Um, and uh, I think the jumping in the snow is good because, I mean, I, I've also done cryotherapy, but it, that, that gets quite technical, you know, but it's a very close sort of uh, second to that. It, it anyway, uh, we, we digressed slightly. Um, uh, but look, I mean, at what point um, uh, did you start thinking that – there's really something that I need to because you've got this real kind of like point of difference that your coaching involves um, like a full biomechanical analysis of any person you work with. Uh, and at, at what point did you kind of realize that you really needed to evolve that further? And, and, and did some of our early chats have anything to do with shaping that or uh, was that something you'd already been thinking about? Oh, I'd, I'd like to say I thought about it all myself and it was all my idea, but it wasn't. I mean, you know, it was meeting um, the likes of yourself and yeah. in a weird sort of way, it wasn't just sort of like a, um, a whim that, oh, yeah, we need to do this because of this and this guy's got, you know, he's got, he's got information. It, it was A lot of it was organic because... It, I was in a bad place physically, you know, so, you know, not going to lie, my, my, my back and when we first met, you know, you were a bit of a, a sort of a beacon of hope um, to me. And, and, I, and I think coming in to see you and I responded really well to, to chiropractic treatment. So I, I, I went through that process with you and, and you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a, um, what's the word to use i don't think we're sort of shamelessly promoting each other here this is an actual genuine story that i came in to see you i had a, a lower back that wasn't in a great place my, my i guess my vertebrae must have adjusted to where a hernia uh, was in my lower back and um you know you 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 definitely helped me because i could i could feel a, you know a, a huge relief um in in the pain management when i came to see you and then you you were educating me quite a lot about um uh i think not just about the fact that you've just you know adjusted and put these this part of my body in place it was the fact that my whole mechanism and the chain uh, was out so everything was linked to something yeah um and i learned you know i, I sort of uh, i was a bit of a sponge when i came to see you and you know me and you got talking i know that since me and you got talking we chatted to other people like jonathan bell uh, um uh, Wimbledon clinics and um and and it just naturally evolved I don't think any of us were sort of pushing it um I think uh but but what came out of it was a really I mean I think you saw it back in the day and we used to do this on academy courses we're always fascinated by the idea that um 
And, you know, we were talking about this last night. And last night we launched our, our um, UK tour. And it was exactly the same type of chat, type, type of audience that it doesn't matter how good your instructor is or your instructions get from whoever's coaching you. Because, I, I mean, let's face it, it's, it's all pretty much similar. You know, you, unless you get a really dodgy instructor, which I, I don't think there is these days. I think there's only really, you know, well-educated, good instructors everywhere you go. Mm. Much more about... Um, make sure you get a good coach or an instructor, whatever, wherever you go and, you know, whichever, whichever ski school or academy you use. But the bigger picture is, is, uh, and what we've been trying to push, which you've helped us sort of get to that sort of area is the body itself. Um, uh, it, it can't be pushed by the instructor. The body itself has only got its certain limitations. Yeah. Um, and quite usually as, as me and you have always found with people, <coughs> excuse me, with people, it, it, it's, it's okay going one direction. It's usually not as good going the other way. Um, yeah. every, every recreational skier that ever comes into Putney Chiropractic or comes and sees us, you, you can pretty much guarantee they're going to talk about, yeah, I've got a weaker turn direction. I, I, I'm not as good going left as I am right or whatever it might be, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, think that's the, I think that's the biggest area that me and you together have discovered. And, and, and like I say, it was 2002, 2003. We weren't going into biomechanics that much before then. Um, and, and it's been a really good learning curve. But I, I mean, I have to, you know, I have to say it, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely coming into you, you guys, not just mm. for the coffee and opposite your, uh, your fitness. I'm in on Monday, right? I'm coming in Monday lunchtime. Yeah, right? come on in Monday. Well, uh, I'll, cool. I'll give you a time uh, later on once I, uh, I've looked at it properly. But um, yeah, you can have some coffee and some Cairo. Get the <laughs> the coffee um, no, Cairo crack combo going. So well, it, it's, it's it's interesting because. Um, you know, and also since since meeting you in 2002, you, you come across, um, I mean, you know, it's like in any sport, isn't it? I, I don't ski the Austrian way. I much prefer the French way or I ski this way and those guys are great. Those guys are not. But I, I've come across people since coming in with you that are, um, oh, you know, don't don't use chiropractic. You know, chiropractic this, chiropractic that. I, I see an osteo or I see a physio. The reality of it is... Um, the, the smarter sort of intelligent people that really have a, have a proper in-depth think about it would, if they've got a problem with their muscle in their body. And this is something that I, you know, I've always found since me and you, I've, I've got a much better open mind towards physiology. So I, I personally would recommend, um, you know, not, not, not because I'm trying to push what you're doing, but I would personally recommend that everyone, um, should have an MOT on a regular basis, like a chiropractic MOT. And the reason being is in our sport, we take compressions and shocks. It's not like golf where you've got a repetitive sort of, you know, uh, movement pattern. We, we do. It's, it's like an action reaction sport. It's the perfect sport that kind of parallels to chiropractic where I know where my SI joint has got stuck. I know that I've, you know, skied to moguls or went down a run and something unexpected there is like, oof, you know, I just felt that right up into the middle of my body. Yeah. It's not something I can control. I, I do my best to control it, but um, there are certain reactions that I'm not good enough to control. Um, so I, I think what's really important um, to, to parallel the sort of what, what we do, and I'm not going to talk for golf or for cycling or for, you know, tennis or whatever, but for skiers, I think it's an, a really essential thing to be, um, to be, MOT in yourself to be like once a month checking in or and, and if you've got something that you need to get done is you know go more often and I know I've seen yeah. you on a, a certain times in my sort of skiing career where, where things haven't been great where I've sort of I've taken the knock um, I've seen you more regular and then if I haven't 
yeah. the most important thing that I could ever recommend to someone. And, it, and it's, it's not a plug for you. It's, a, it's, it's just a generalization in terms of chiropractic, but mm. it, it's to get the regular adjustment is to get the the mot that makes sure it's all in check because yeah that that's uh, let's let's look at the specifics of that though right because you um you know certainly your history you came in you had those lower lumbar disc problems you also remember clearly having those uh, si joints that would sometimes misalign and lock down and just sort of uh, not move very well yeah uh, and then that would have also and this is what you find with a lot of skiers or athletes in general anyway that can then have a knock-on effect to the actual hip joints themselves right yeah, yeah. um and you're right you know uh, when you actually get your si joint misaligned there's not a lot you can do about it yourself you know um there's sort of there are some things you can be trying to do with activating glutes and all that sort of stuff but i always think about it in terms of like um bone joint first right yep. muscle second and then neurology of that whole thing first right um yep. and and this is where uh, you know you you would quite often so it's, it's you know you, you see restrictions of movement sometimes uh, uh, but am, am i breaking up by the way i'm sounding a bit weird you're all good you're all good no uh so you know so but then that sort of so we would adjust your pelvis get alignment good and then that would sort of help control you know how i was saying left and right balance right yeah. sometimes it's actually a joint restriction which is causing the problem sometimes it's like a neurological block down that one whole side of the body which is causing the problem right yeah um and so that's the sort of thing that a chiro is really good at is sort of looking at both joint restrictions anywhere in the spine hips or body um but also looking at that kind of neurological balance from getting the message from the motor center of your brain to the muscle sort of that is required to activate and that's well, what, i you know that's what, the the big difference well what's the, the big thing for me and and tuning into you i guess was my left my left turn's always been a weaker turn you know wh whichever way i look at it I, i've always had a uh, a right side weakness you know we, we've gone through strengthening that aspect as well so it's not just a a correction thing you know you you've i know you talked to me about um working on different elements to build up strength um but the it was always a case for me that i think my hips were so out of alignment and i often talk to i often talk about stuff i learned from yourself in these ski biomechanics lectures that we do because most people in that audience i know won't be symmetrical you know whatever way way i look at it once they've gone beyond the age of sort of 20 25 um there's a there's a sort of a a, a big reality that most of their their hips you know in the audience are going to be slightly uh, lower one side slightly twisted forward or backward on one side and and that yeah. for me is the block um which is great to try and talk about this and sort of get it out more in the open but mm. everyone we want to come and uh, coach or, or teach us we want them to be in a a free in a free position and they're usually not um, which is why again yes. we always sort of say it's not a quick fix you know you can go and see craig and, and his team and get an adjustment but it's a you know it's, it's not a, a one hit uh, yeah. sort of the thing you know that your muscles have got to adjust to it and and it'll take a few uh it'll take a bit of time you know three weeks to three months depending on how chronic your case is but yeah. the reality of it is if you're looking at it now and you're going skiing in you know december january or whatever there's, there's a really strong chance to sort of make more value out of you know if you're going to invest a couple of hundred quid in a, in a day's ski coaching um yeah. you know it's, it's it's really frustrating when when people come out and you can just I, I can't help someone on that left-hand turn that's going to take quite a few weeks of work. You know, it's not going to happen yeah, on this yeah. lesson. You know, that, that's, the, yeah. that's the reality we want to get, want to get people to start to, to look into earlier. So, look, you, um, your specific um, 
And what do you call it again, like uh, your biomechanical assessment? We, we, we've called it the Ski Technique Lab. I mean, that, yeah. that's kind of what it is. I mean, it's, 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 it's a place or an environment people can talk about their body, talk but, about... But it's effectively looking at range of motion of, like, the ankle and the hip mainly, isn't it? Yeah, mainly hip rotation. So, so like, how yeah. the, if you're going to try and um, factor... You know what? I can do this because I'm on the video camera, right? So, so if we, last night we were looking at people uh, down here. We were looking at their feet and seeing what range they could do to, to turn their legs one way or the other way yeah. uh, without moving their hips. And, you know, same old, same old, you know, most people go about 70 degrees in one direction on their yeah. good side uh, and about 40, 50 degrees the other side, sometimes even worse. You know, there's a sometimes a bigger difference between left and right than that. But, but we found last night most people's about 30, 30 degrees difference between left and right. You know what I wanted to share with you, right, is because on Tuesday I had this, like, functional um, – movement coach on and we were talking about different things and one of the his favorite exercise he gets people to do is this thing called a 90-90 right yep can you see me yeah so yeah I'm, yeah got you so yeah. i'm sitting on the ground like this right and he's yep. like okay this is actually not a test as such but this is actually like a uh, uh something to improve the range where you sort of start that way this one's yep. in the external rotation this yep. one's on the internal rotation and yep. then you kind of switch it around yeah. Um, and I've actually got a bit of restriction in my right hip there at the moment. And I can feel it kind of pinching the hip capsule almost there a little bit. But yeah. that's the sort of thing that would be really good for your ski guys to kind of like really get into. Because if they can yeah. actually do that sort of a thing is a really good like range of motion, not just assessment, but actually yeah. like a something to do at home to really try and really get that, that socket unlocked, yeah. you know. Um, so there you go. I learned that on Tuesday. <laughs> Add that no, that's, 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 it's a key aspect to it i mean we've i think it was on webinar um webinar three or four of the ones we did in april or may um and we went through a few of these these elements you know where people you even line on your front and letting your outside legs sort of dangle and um dip down and whatever it yeah. does and, and like you've just shown us i mean it, it it's it's really interesting once you start to analyze it but this is the big thing you know if, if people dip into it you could get I mean, it's the wrong. It's, I guess it's the wrong thing to say from a business point of view about you know wanting to sell ski lessons. But you could get so much more done than an instructor can give you at home if you yeah. just you know go go through a lot of this information and just check your body and um, and, and all it is is really it's a rehearsal really of what what movement patterns and ranges are needed to perform the sport of skiing technically correct and I, I, I think lockdown what it's done as well is there's so much content now online with regards to hip activation exercises yeah. and you know yeah. i've thrown a couple of those down on video i think you have as well right but you know you could go anywhere and basically kind of uh if you just search hip activation or hip rehabilitation exercises there'd be a few of these programs out there that just enables you to work on that hip range right so yeah. you know and you know then there's obviously the, the second level that you normally look at is then activation of the muscles that cross the major joints too, right? Um, yep. uh, and so that's things like the deep hip rotators because um, you need to be able to control that hip rotation yep. and control what the legs are doing so they just don't kind of um, bow out. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's obviously a pile of exercises and things you can do to try and control that. But then that's where I was talking about as well, that the third level of that, the third dimension, that I guess you don't really go into that much because that's almost more like a chiropractic thing is that if neurologically 
you're not controlling that right hip very well, then yeah. you just can't ask for it to be done. We had a Pilates guy on the other day and he was talking about the fact that what he loves about some of his patients or some of his clients that come to the chiro table is that he can get them to activate their muscles yeah. way better if they've had an adjustment, whereas if they haven't, then he, they can't even lift that leg properly or, or twist it or whatever. You know? totally, um, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's, so. it's, like, it's like you've always said, if, if something neurological is blocking <clears throat> That's a completely different story to having a tight muscle. I mean, to, yeah. to me, where I've, I've got, you know, I've come in, I've, I've got something put in the right place. It's like everything unlocks. And, you know, the muscle might not work 100%, but, but at least it can work. It has an ability to, to get, gather information and start to function. Whereas I know sometimes I've come in and I actually can't even, I can't even lift my leg one way or the other. You know, it, it's yeah. completely switched off. Um, and you're right. Yeah, that, that's what it is. It's the, it's, and that's what I always say to people, you know, that it's not, um, what you believe in or what you don't believe in you, you have to have an element of getting your skeleton in the right place at the right time first because it's where all your neuro neurological channels are basically you know great and then you also remember had uh, a good a good example right is that there's a limit to what chiro can help sometimes right if you've been compressing your spine for like 20 years or 15 years or whatever sometimes yeah. there's a limit of what can be tolerated and one of those discs can blow up right now you had surgery in your lower back as well and you've had that extreme example of when that nerve pressure cannot be corrected by decompression through the chiro work um yeah. and sometimes you know you push you ask too much of your body and it just can't it can't deal with it right um, it's a similar it's a similar sort of thing you know whether it's to do with impact or injury because of the sport you're trying to do or whatever you're doing or you've you've had a surgery um and, and there's certain things that shut down and block whatever it might be because the body's reaction to it it, it, it's re it, it was really useful for me in those recovery phases, uh, you know, going through that. I think that was 2010, right, or, or 11, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, I don't think I really got back on the feet for another year, maybe maybe a year and a half. It's, it's always more than it sort of says it is on the box or in the tin. You know, it's, it's a different – to get fully recovered is quite different to the actual initial recovery of getting back up on, on your feet. But um, – you know, we did. We we did. We, I remember being in and out of your place in in London during that time, and it was, I think, it was four months after. And you know, we we, we started to go through stuff, but the, um, it, it really did. It made it, it made a different curve. You know, on the recovery, um, at how mm -hmm. I was going through that, and, and that you know that was that was a good thing for me. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So look, um, what other stuff should we be doing to get our bodies in shape? You obviously know that I'm a addicted cyclist um yeah and that, that picture in the background obviously is that, is that a famous cyclist from the tour de france is that on the on the wall there that's a that that is our reminder it's called the mountain of destiny this thing right um <laughs> and the mountain of destiny uh is actually in bologna uh, ah. and it's a 2k ridiculously steep climb to the top of uh, a cathedral at the top of the climb right wow and wow. that was last year's Giro d'Italia and that is Tom Dumoulin the Dutch guy um who didn't win but um it's a great photo of these guys and just kind of reminds me uh this is our little office that we have for um uh trying to sort of plan Cairo world dominance right um yeah. and it's a nice little reminder of Sometimes you just got to climb that mountain of destiny, mate. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, there are a few hurdles in the road sometimes, but um, just put the head down and get on with it, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
anyway so uh look obviously but you know definitely since i started riding bikes like back in 2003 i wasn't really riding it that much and um and now I've, I've ramped it up over the decade and without a doubt for any of the listeners out there the uh riding a bike is pretty much the only way i can find that you can pretty much eliminate that thigh burn that sort of you used to get if you you know it is pretty much a transferable thing it's not you know, it's not exactly like skiing. Obviously, if you're doing a season, you're just skiing every day. That's the best preparation. But the next best yeah. preparation, I think, is cycling. Um, what do you think about that? Uh, I, and I love, I, you know, you, you know, I've, I've tried to, I've tried my sort of my bit of cycling. I did come out of you once in Richmond Park, and that was the last time I ever came out of you because I was like, oh my god, this is it. <laughs> I do, I do remember you. You descended that hill like a downhill ski racer. It was unbelievable. I've never seen anyone go that fast down there. But then uh, yeah. maybe. Maybe going up uh, wasn't quite the same. <laughs> it was, it, well, that was like that was that was cold, cold de Richemont, wasn't it? That was, yeah, that, exactly. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that um, no, it was, it was good. It was good to get out with you on, on on the bike, and I've done you know I've, I've done a fair bit of cycling, um, and I go out a lot with the the guys from the um, uh, you know the the, the, the Lalio Rugby guys, Rugby Works guys. You know, there's a big old community doing it. Um, it is direct. You know, you know, as you say, there, there isn't like a it's in relation to it's absolutely direct you know if you need a leg extension on your outside leg you're downhill ski mm. you're pushing down on a pedal if you need to absorb moguls you're lifting up on your inside pedal whatever it might be mm. it's, it's absolute mimic of skiing you know yeah. and as you as you say you know if someone's going to get into it and, and, and keep their legs in tune and it, it's all about that i think i think skiing um skiing and cycling are, are really directly you know absolutely on par related yeah. uh, to the um, now, you, you went back right at the very start talking about how much of bad shape your body is when we first met. And I do remember that thing. You, you really turned the corner and went kind of – I remember you couldn't even touch your toes, nowhere near it, right? Uh, and yeah. then you just got so dedicated to the flexibility of your hips and, and lower limbs that then you became this like pretty yoga-like flexibility guy. Have you still maintained that flexibility or not? Yeah, yeah. I, I can still touch my – I think I can touch my knees at the moment. But, I mean, I, I can I – can, no. <laughs> I uh, no, I, I can touch my toes. I can put my hands on the floor flat. I, I couldn't. I didn't used to be able to do that. Obviously, when we first met. Yeah. Um, and and right. I mean, I guess what am I? I'm 48 now. It's like I, I've managed to go and um, I managed to keep my skiing going, um, and I managed to, you know, do things like I mean, I've got I, you know, part of me thinks I shouldn't really be on the, the, the things like the vocal team or doing this stuff at Helly Hansen, but but it's a lot of it in terms of the keep it on going aspect of it, and I'll be 50 soon. It is a lot to do with physiology. You know, it's not like going to be breaking any records or doing anything incredible, but um, being able to stay in that in the game um, and, and keep it sort of ticking over. And, and that's that's obviously what the latter years are going to be. It's like, you know, I want to avoid injury. I want to try and ski technically correct. I want to try and get into a situation where I've got less risk of injury mm. because of just staying in tune with things. You know, my, my body, I'm not going to be as strong. I'm not going to be as... Um, consistent so i've got to do everything from a physiological point of view to keep what's on your because uh, I, I don't think you're renowned for sort of being a heavy weights weight trainer uh have you ever done much of that what's your opinion on sort of like the squat serious, mate? I'm, I'm, I'm benching over 100 these days jesus christ i'm on the head weight um uh, benching program it's like uh, I, no, I'm, sorry I'm, no, i haven't seen you in a set of budgie smugglers recently so uh <laughs> I, I can't comment so uh. <laughs> No, I, I, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you can do a single leg 
uh, squat, if you can do anything to, you know, I, I know from our side, a lot of this, you know, plyometrics and, and, and looking at how uh, you can mimic and, and relate to those sort of things. Yeah. I'm not a big yeah. person for the gym, you know, I'm, I'm much more a person that might want to go and cycle for like four or five hours, I guess. That, that's kind of mm. what uh, sort of presses my buttons. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, getting to the gym, strength training, it's, it's really important because you're, you're, you're squatting when you're skiing effectively, you know, your, your leg extending, yeah. your leg flexing and, and the strength you've got is, um, is obviously relating to how, you know, how you perform, how you ski. There's old Finn listening in, uh, Mrs. McLean. Ah. Hi, darling. Hey, um, the, cause obviously I did use the gym, um, quite a bit when I broke my leg, right? So I broke my leg skiing. Um, yeah. and then I ended up non weight bearing for three months and then had to sort of bring that back from like a sausage noodle leg to like some sort of semblance of a, of a cycling leg. And without a yeah. doubt, it was the sort of, the you know, the squat rack and the leg press machine and all that sort of stuff that really helped that. Um, but yeah, so but look, I, I think yeah. it is important um, to sort of try, especially as you do get older, if you want to sort of maintain muscle mass, um, you know, you've got to work yeah. twice as hard as when you were 25 if you were 50, you know what I mean? Um, just yeah. to maintain, yeah. not to build strength. If you just want to sort of not lose muscle mass, you just got to yeah. stay on it, you know? Um, and I think especially, uh, you know, um, women as well have a, have a tendency to sort of lose a little bit of that um, hormonal benefit later on too. And so they really need to sort of get stuck into it, both from bone strength and a muscle, um, uh, you know, muscle bulk perspective as well, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, that's, so look, that's cool. Um, let's talk equipment. Um, I, I, I figured that 20, uh, 2021 is probably going to be a year where you don't really want to be inside Le Jumbo with a hundred and <laughs> other, 120 other people, um, you know, uh, doing it that way. So I figured we'd better sort of get onto a chairlift and maybe start walking uphill a little bit more. And that's where I ended up getting a hold of these. I think they're called the Quantum Solo Del Bello um, boot, right? Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's an awesome boot. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so was, was that what you went? That, that was what you went for in the end, was it? The quantum? Yeah. So yeah. I think that that's the one that is uh, obviously a, it's, it has no plastic tongue in the front of the boot. It's got yep. this kind of ratcheting system uh, on the um, uh, on the front and almost like a, a clip, that, but it is a proper, you know, touring boot. But is, that's the one you've got, you were saying, that you've been using yeah. a little bit. Um, but I assume you don't. You don't ski in that all the time. Um, no, I don't ski in it all the time. Like the Lupo Air, I mean, it's, you know, you look at it, you don't think it's going to perform. You put it on, it's like, wow, that, that, that's incredible. It performs. It, it's, uh, it's an awesome ski. Who, who, who wrote the rule, you know, for freeride skiers that you needed to have a, a huge bit of plastic down the front? You know, that, the, the boot itself holds, it stabilizes. You know, you can ski moguls in it. You can take a shock. You can, you can jump in that boot, but it, but it does perform. You know, it's got so much um, lateral can. Can I, I don't know if I can flip this around here. I can just show you. That's the boot I've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you were in Profit the other day, right? Is that what I saw you on with those? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, they're the guys that were like, I, I was sort of at them to try and get a proper lightweight touring setup um, a couple of years ago. And then I've got a pretty crazy foot. But, um, yeah, it sort of says 950 grams. I assume maybe that's per per boot but like you know less than a kilo for a boot is pretty full on isn't it you know um, crazy you look at it was it 1.6 normally or whatever you know per boot but that's that makes a big difference and like you just say this is definitely going to be the season 
and moving forwards it was already going that direction anyway you know for free ride skiing you know what why why not get some skins on have a lovely experience go and see the environment and get away mm. from you know the crowds um yeah even more so now that is going to be a um a, a want i think of a lot more people they're going to be in a way pushed into ski touring pushed into uh you know backcountry skiing um which is great i mean all, all, what, what's you know mm. nothing negative about that that's just a, yeah. a plus, plus you know now you also seem to think that this is a good idea for a ski right yeah the bm i mean the I, vocal I, BM, I, bmt 109 right yeah I, I i skied the bmt a couple of years ago and i was sort of blown away i was thinking hang on how can i ski on a 186 um length ski that's not going to support me that's not going to be enough i'm i'm tall and you know i'm 13 stone so it's kind of putting a, enough pressure through the ski but I, I i remember going on that ski for the first time i think it was march uh 2019 um or february 2019 skied it you know places like highway and and stairway and um i think i was a rangan actually you know rangan Ch- yeah, yeah. the friend of the ours and he um, yeah exactly the, and, and, we, and i was skiing it and i was like I was, you know, I was opening up some quite big turns on that, quite high high speeds. It was, it was so supportive. Um, it was like being on the Katana, you know, for me, it wasn't that much difference. Um, mm. So the carbon, uh, you know, V-Works Katana and the BMT uh, 109, um, really similar. But but the, the big the big thing, obviously, is it's super lightweight. Um, it, it's not as much to carry around. Yeah. Um, and there's always a compromise, right? So everyone's always asking themselves. It's like the classic question you get: Should I go for the the mm. one seven seven mantra, or should I go for the one eight four mantra? You know, what what's the? I won't carve as well on piste, and and but this will be more supportive off piste. The the BMT one hundred and nine definitely, uh, you know, it pulls together much closer um, the the option of compromise. So I I don't think there's as much compromise with the BMT one hundred and nine, just because of sort of smashed it as hard as i can skiing down highway you know sticking in three turns on a ski that should have like spat me out uh, mm-hmm. and not supported me it really supported yeah. and I'm, when you when you were talking about it the other day i was really happy you were looking at that because that 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 is the you know it's, it's a great ski i know rob from our team skis on it a lot mm-hmm. uh, and you know you, you you can do a lot on that you, you can push it to a degree you know so then came the question of what do I put on the top of the ski? And then that was where the marker binding, and I was looking at either the Alpinist, which is the pure touring binding, or the yep. Kingpin. And then yep. was, uh, I got a fantastic email, which I don't know if I shared, from I think it was the UK distributor of marker, and he kind of gave me an in-depth, uh, like, pulling apart of the differences between all the different bindings and what I should go for. And he was the one that said, well, if you want the ultimate in between the two, Kingpin and the Alpinist, you should just get the um, Kingpin Carbon, which is yeah. lighter weight but still actually gives you the kind of holding the rear hold down which is better than the alpinist you know um yeah yeah and yeah. And, and the release function of those are, are exceptional anyway so obviously that's that's sort of what i've gone for yeah. um and as i say but compromise as well if i'm if i'm using those boots it's obviously not going to be like a hardcore downhill boot that's going to lock me in um as well but i like that idea of you just kind of having to kind of alter your technique slightly to be able to just sort of stay on it a little bit more um uh and 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 less you know, you have, you'll have to work a little bit harder yourself, but you know, that's cool. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a great idea. It's, it's a great setup. Um, in fact, you know, I, I, you've got your weight there. It just means I think, and you can't relate this to sort of skinning up for 10 or 15 minutes, but if you're skinning up for 45 to an hour, yeah, that's going to make a difference. You know, so, yeah. so the weight really does make a difference when you're sort of going beyond, um, that, those basic levels. Um, 
And and yeah. if you think about it, 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 you just put all that energy back into your ski turns. You know, everything yeah. you stay on the upright, um, you know, you can perform, you can power out um, way more. And you'll know this from a cycling perspective anyway. Mm. Uh, but that directly relates to your, your output when you're skiing down the mountain and, and how, you know, like you've always said, injury prevention and performance enhancement, you know, the better the kit, the lighter the kit, it adds to those two um, two aspects of skiing massively. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing with a fairly lighter weight ski, it probably won't be as good bombing down some sort of crud, but it'll obviously be pretty amazing if you can just kind of stay up and out of things and, um, you know, staying out of trouble. So, well, look, we've got we've actually got an actual question from a punter here. Snow Love 3, uh, the, hip replace, uh, the hip replacement. Any advice for hip fitness to keep skiing with a hip replacement due to a ski accident? Same age as Warren, right? So he's 48 years old um, and has a hip replacement already. Um, look, well, uh, I can definitely advise that the best thing you can do is that obviously what happens is when you replace the hip, um, it doesn't alter. Well, it can alter some of the muscular attachments and that sort of a thing, depending on on how big the um, uh or, you know, to what extent they did the hip replacement. But you just want to be doing, because um, even though the hip replacement will have completely unlimited range, if it was just purely the hip without anything attached to it, you've got to remember that possibly there's like a lot of shortening of the muscles around that whole area. So you still want to be working really hard on the activation of all the muscles and the range of motion of the muscles around that actual brand new hip joint. Um, so you've got to keep it as strong as you possibly can and as flexible as you can, or else you won't be able to get the full benefit of like the, the, you know, the, the hip, the new hip that you've actually got. Um, and I think, but if it was a hip accident where he actually broke his hip, he's probably in a slightly better place than some of these guys that actually have degenerative hips, which really loses range of motion and strength over like a long period of time uh and it's really hard to get all that stuff back you know it's it's weird but you're almost better off breaking your hip and getting a new hip put in there because it's easier to rehab it than sort of doing the old sort of crumbling thing over a 20-year period you know um, yeah i mean I, I, all i know I mean, we've come across skiers that have had hip replacements and people are are tight tighter in the joint you know and 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 i think that the whole idea it's like we said earlier about having surgery or whatever you do you've just got to tread carefully more careful than you probably think and, and there's always that that want to get better quicker and to push it and and the, the only advice i could give which is kind of off the back of what we did together when i broke my hip a couple of years ago cycling um it's just it's just doing it gently carefully taking time maybe, maybe thinking about it ask a bit more advice go and see someone don't don't just try and sort of see if you can get that extra yard out of it you know take take more time do it progressively um yeah. and it eventually does it opens out the body's incredible right so as you you yeah. know you notice it, it bounces back more than you'd, you'd imagine but yeah you just got to take your time and you made that good point too where even though you can focus really much on the hip joint um you can sometimes forget about that chain of events which kind of just fires up and down the whole body when you actually have something like that happen you know so make yeah. sure that you're uh that your leg or your knees are in good form. Make sure that your uh, uh, that your spine and your pelvis is in also good form. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I, think what, I mean, I think when I did my hip in two thousand seventeen, that was one of the big things. My my, um, and we we talked about it at the start of this conversation, like the chain. You know, the whole body's linked in as one chain, one mechanism. And if there's one part out, you've got to be super um, aware that something else might fall out of place you know on, on that journey of trying to recover that one part 
Uh, you know, your knee might be out of alignment. You know, your ITB might sort of start to take on stress and strain, and other things might. You know, this this is again, it's why it's really really good to to do to do these sort of things and why we've chosen this route, you know, working with you guys, it's, it's, it, it just keeps it all in check. It's like a really yes. good way to make sure it's all balanced and all even as it possibly can be, you know, even if it, if it can't be absolute, it's, it's, it's partly the way there. Now, the, the biggest problem we've had over the years, though, is obviously uh, there's a lot of skiers from Scotland. There's a lot of skiers from the north. Uh, yep, there's a ton of them that come from London as well. And the Londoners find it easy for us to, for them to find us. But, um, you know, it's, it's basically there's two main associations of chiropractic in the UK. It's the British Chiropractors and the United Chiropractic Association. If you just search there and try and find your local chiropractor and, you know, the best place to start is make sure they have an X-ray machine or some sort of access to that so then they can analyse and assess what your hip joints are like, what your SI joints are like and what your lumbar spine is like as well as the rest of your spine. Um, and then... Uh, you know, set about trying to maybe do a short course, you know, six to eight weeks of like bombarding your body with uh, um, care and seeing if that makes a change to some of these things you've got going on, you know. Um, uh, yeah, but look, that's, uh, I think we've basically covered all bases. Do you think anyone's still awake? <laughs> I, do you remember uh, back in, in lockdown, just as we were uh, sort of released, I did this crazy thing where I rode a lap of the M25. Did you see I did that? I did see that. That, that was insane. Jesus. Uh, and then after doing that, uh, I'm like, okay. How, how, many, how many miles was that? It was 300 kilometres exactly from my front door down to Isha, a lap of the M25, including oh getting a little uh, bus over the QE2 bridge because you can't <laughs> ride over it, uh, and then back from Isha back up into my place, and it was exactly 300K. Um, and we did a, uh, a, a an Insta Live and podcast of this whole thing, and it was yeah. definitely for the cycling nerds only because we ripped apart in infinite detail exactly <laughs> what we did in planning, preparation, food equipment all sorts of stuff and that was april, yeah. april may time right you guys did that was it yeah it was when the roads were still pretty quiet and when you know it was literally you'd only just been able to meet a cyclist and have two of you right you know um so yeah. i went with this mate of mine and he's a six foot seven um very strong cyclist and perfect to sit behind because we pretty much did a two-up time trial around london um <laughs> and right. we like averaged about 32 k's an hour around the whole thing you know um, well so that was quite good but um yeah again i think we bored quite a few people so hopefully um you know the uh, non-skiers haven't um <laughs> haven't tuned into this one but anyway um anyway are you good is there anything else we should be covering do you think no no i just um my prediction for this season is going to be obviously a great season loads of powder snow yeah thanks, yeah. thanks to covid i think there'll be way more fresher tracks and if you can get out there and, and organize your time um you know it's going to be a good season so i, I uh we're staying positive we're staying focused you know um it won't be the same as every other year but then it's a new challenge different type of year different type of uh, way to look at the mountains you know i think mm. for a lot of people it might be a positive thing you know bit more space a bit more focus on getting away from the crowds yeah no i think it's uh it's a shame they closed the old uh, italian corridor there because that was uh, sort of the, the beacon of hope wasn't it you know um yeah yeah the, um, the, 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 yeah that was our i mean we've always gone there at the start of the season you know we, we choose chavinia as a as a ski location just because you know it's got the zermatt glacier and it's it's, it's very easy access but um 
you know, we'll see what happens. A lot of people will still come out. You know, a lot of people have adapted their working environment, um, mm. uh, you know, to be able to do a quarantine on the way back. Um, mm. so we're, we're in hope that there, there'll be some airport testing coming out, or rolling out this winter. Yeah. In about like a 50 Swiss franc test that you get at the airport or in the, in the airplane, whatever, that you, if you test negative, you know, to COVID, you're, you're, you're fine. You haven't got a quarantine in Switzerland. So, yeah. It's, I mean, I'm sure we'll see things start to happen in the next sort of um, few weeks. I mean, all you got to remember is people are so passionate about skiing. I don't, you know, from a, a point of view, everyone's just going to sit there and, and wait um, and not be able to ski. I think they're going to just work and adapt ways around it um, mm. you know, to make sure they get out there and get their time in the mountains. Yeah, no, I really hope so because I'm not prepared to have that thing where, like, you know, uh, it's really challenging for some businesses around here, you know, pubs or gyms are being asked to close. And it's like, well, it's one thing to be asked to close. It's another thing to expect them to still be there in 2021, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I know Ammon Moman is in uh, Putney Bridge Road here, you know, and yeah. um, it's re- I, I ride past his place every day and um, it really saddened me every day I rode past and his shutters were closed, you know. Um, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, they're back up again now, and they're obviously working a strategy for the sort of uh, coming Italian because they specialise in Italy. Um, yeah, Cormier, uh, right. that's, that's just um, yeah, he's, he's got exactly. a great But yeah. you know, I, I know they're they're going to be doing it tough, and um, you know, but I, I really hope we can sort of get behind them and sort of still uh, support these guys in some way, um, if you can, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because if, if we don't, then they're not going to be there next year, are they? So, no, um, no, no. no. Yeah. I mean, this is the, this is the thing. I, I think people will adapt. People will work out the strategy. They'll work out that, okay, I can work from home over this couple of week period. I, I'll, I'll get that in the bag. I'll go and get my ski week. But as far as we know, like I was saying at the start of this chat, about 75% of people um, are working ways around it. They're still going to go on their ski weeks or holidays. I, I met with... Um, uh, Conrad, you know, Conrad Bartelski <laughs> yeah. the other day in, uh, yeah. just, just by Putney Bridge, actually. And we were sitting chatting for exactly the same ideal. You know, everyone is so passionate about skiing. And if you start to really get people in the picture of like, you know, skiing fresh powder, the open space, how great it is mentally for people to get into that environment, especially what, after what people have been through, you know, already this, this, this whole uh, COVID scenario, um, it's an incredible place uh, to be, you know, it's an incredible place to unwind and to let stress sort of roll out, you know, um, I, I think people are going to make it work you know, one way or another. Well, I've got a good strategy. I think what I'm going to do is just jump in a uh, camper van in the UK, um, yeah. get through the tunnel, do yeah. not uh, literally be completely self-contained uh, within yeah. <laughs> within my little <laughs> new country called camper van world. Yeah. And, um, you know, then just hike up the mountain with no lift pass required, um, come back down again, have a cup of tea, do that again in the afternoon, and yeah. then stay there for a week and come back and no one will even know that I was oh, anywhere. Mate, mate, they won't know. Well, like I say, camper van's got its own passport, right? So you're <laughs> i'm not sure if it's warm enough in a camper van uh in the mountains but anyway we'll see. Uh, it's all good <laughs> all right mate look thanks for taking the time um, oh, mate, it's great uh, to chat to you i'm looking forward to seeing you on monday yeah i'll uh, i'll let you know on time all right and then we'll get you on the table that uh, sounds great mate well uh, really good to chat and um oh, it's, 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 it's great to see you. oh are you still there i think a perfectly timing Waza has left us. So I oh, know you're still there. Oh, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we, we lasted the whole time until right at the very end, but mate, look, I was, uh, that was great. Um, looks like we had a few people engage with us and I'm just going to 
put this. This will be on our IGTV on Cairo London if you want to watch it anyway. So, uh, oh, yeah, Rob, Rob, I'm sure Rob will share it or whatever from, yeah. from our team, you know, and get it out there. Yeah, cool. All right, awesome. mate. I look forward to seeing you. Okay, see you soon. Bye. Cheers, mate.